0: Let's see, Eric, what beautiful piece of poetry have you written for us this
1: week? All right,
0: ready? I'm ready.
1: Controlled by an alien species. Not one, not two, not three monsters. Only one choice remains destroy all monsters.
0: try to destroy any of the monsters
1: no it's true but
0: <laughs> but to I save, mean I guess one I guess Ghidorah gets his it gets his. yeah name.
1: I mean to save humanity at one point they think they're gonna have to destroy all monsters but yeah in general that's not the goal
0: yeah <laughs> it's more of a passing thought maybe yeah.
1: maybe the, the the title of the movie should probably be save all humanity but uh
0: it's not <laughs> as interesting it's definitely not as interesting it doesn't look as good as on a poster
1: no, you're right. Especially the Destroy
0: All Monsters poster. It's like an awesome mishmash of just everything.
1: It is. It would be different if it just threw all the actors on there in the same positions as the monsters. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be so With no monsters whatsoever. <laughs> uh, hey,
0: that'd be more interesting. That way you have no idea what you're going into.
1: Yeah. No, you're right.
0: This, this movie really is. I mean, it's mostly about the monsters, I feel like. Yeah.
1: Oh, hey, Alex. We should probably introduce ourselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Alex.
1: <laughs> and I'm Eric. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. We're, we're trying our best to stay alive. How you doing this week, Alex?
0: Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm I'm considering going to see Gemini Man, which is the most interesting thing. Hmm. I have. <laughs> we'll see if it's any good or not. Nice. I think it's going to be getting mixed reviews. Uh, Uh, i'm doing good this movie provided lots of surprises for me but what about you eric how you doing
1: solid man um my son theo of course has started watching another kind of like kaiju anime on netflix again of course this one's called bakugan man i'm gonna screw that up bakugan have you heard of this I think that's an old
0: one, isn't it? Isn't that an older one?
1: It was just on Netflix season know. one, but Bakugan, it's like kind of a mix between uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and Digimon all put yeah, together.
0: Is this the one where they have like the little spinner top type things and like no, monsters that, 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 come that. Out, these little balls?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But I think it's not the spinner tops. That's like Beyblade or whatever it's called, right?
0: Oh, something like
1: that. <laughs> We're probably ruining everybody <laughs> who's a fan. They're like, "What are you guys talking We're making about?"
0: Everybody mad. We're making everybody. <laughs> you know no, what we should I, probably I think do? I know what you're talking about? Like, <laughs> make a do our own podcast about this?
1: Yeah, we should. No, we should probably. Yeah, we should probably just, just stick with what we know, which we don't know that much about.
0: <laughs> so we shouldn't go into about how Gwen is forcing herself to throw up on the way to school now.
1: That's yeah. Oh man. <laughs>
0: Oh, so anyway, this movie we watched. Uh, Why don't you break it down for us, Eric? All right,
1: I got you. After a brief hiatus, Shiro Honda is back with the ninth installment of the franchise, Destroy All Monsters. Conceived as the climax, the pinnacle of the series, Destroy All Monsters brings in monsters we've never seen before, as well as some familiar faces. Rodan, Mothra, Manila. They're all here for this installment. In addition, destroy all monsters, like Invasion of Astro Monster, brings back an alien threat to the human species that culminates in a climactic battle of the monsters. But does it work, Alex? Does the monster quantity result in monster quality? What do you think?
0: I I do want to set the the groundwork that I do want to mention that all of these monsters appeared in other films before, just not necessarily in the movies that we've seen. So Manda has appeared in another film. Baragon has appeared in another film. So all these monsters have been in other things. Even Gorosaurus is an, is a villain in another film. Hmm. He's actually in a King Kong film, actually. But I'm not sure if quantity does equal quality, but it does equal more fun, I think. Uh, especially when you talk about Anguirus, Rodan, Mothra, and Godzilla. Seeing them together in this movie is pretty exciting, at least for a Kaiju fan like me now. Someone like Manda, I'm not familiar with, but I do like his design. He looks like this classic long dragon Mm -hmm. that's from Japanese or Chinese mythology. And, you know, we get Gorosaurus. He just looks like a standard T-Rex, but (laughs) he also has this like unusual vertical that we see at the final battle of the film. Like Mm -hmm. he he could definitely dunk if he's like on a monster NBA team. If he's
1: part of the Monstars. Yeah,
0: hey, (laughs) good job. That was good. That was good. Notice that I said it was good, but I never laughed. Um, Other other monsters are (laughs) dumbly, like, kind of dumbly used. And that's like Varen, I guess, is the biggest culprit of that. Eric, do you. Do you have any guess at who Varen is after watching the movie?
1: I I have no idea who Varen is. I'm still trying to figure out the difference between Gorosaurus and and (laughs) I'm already (laughs) messing up these names, Alex. (laughs) Straighten me out here.
0: All right. So he only appears in two scenes that I can remember. But the the biggest one that he's most notable in is the finale scene where you just see this monster. (laughs) And he just flies through the top of the frame. Mm-hmm. Like he, he comes in the frame <laughs> And then he just kind of like <laughs> lifts away Like someone's picking him up It's like horrendous looking And he appears in twice in the movie And they didn't even have his suit They just used a puppet So some <laughs> monsters from these other f- franchise films Really didn't get the treatment they deserved yeah. uh, Him and Barragon are really chief among them But there's apparently... Awkward stuff going on with the Baragon and Gorosaurus stuff. Even like this movie is so big that it really was quantity over quality in some aspects. I mean, we we get a scene where Gorosaurus comes through the ground in Paris, mm-hmm. but they say it's Baragon. <laughs> it's not Baragon. It's not Baragon. But they originally wrote it for Baragon. Turned out they couldn't get the suit in time, so they put Gorosaurus in it, and they left the line for Baragon. Nice. (laughs) They didn't even bother fixing it. So there are a lot of signs that it was quantity over quality, but I really do enjoy this movie. It does have some problems, but I mean, I think the monsters were kind of a highlight for me. That and the SY3. What about you? Yeah.
1: I think the Baragon and the Gorosaurus moment you mentioned, it's not the only moment that happens. Even in the climactic battle, they mention monsters that aren't there, right? Uh, so I'm like, <laughs> they must have recorded this before. And then they're like, oh, crap, we can't get the monster here. Uh, what we are going to do? <laughs> For me, the quantity of the monsters here didn't quite work. And Based off kind of what you're saying, it, it feels like Toho just grabbed all the props, all the suits, all the puppets from their storage closet and threw them together for one big movie. Um, the monsters, they just seem to come out of nowhere. And and at times, as I said, they were mentioned and they weren't even in the scene. Um, Barragon, who's in that scene, for example, he doesn't really even do anything. Um bunch of monsters don't do much except Anguirus who I'll talk about later who is a boss (laughs) oh
0: dude (laughs) so cool and and this movie really illustrates why as a kid he 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 was my second favorite to Godzilla when I was a kid
1: he is cool man he and he was good in this movie but the the quantity of the monsters here I also thought they actually kind of diminished the power that these monsters have in their own films um I think it's partially the fact that when we have multiple monsters together on screen without many miniatures, we mentioned this with Son of Godzilla, but their real size seems to kind of be revealed. Um, And it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like they're huge. They seem smaller when they're all put together. Um, But if we go all the way back to the original Gojira, that Godzilla, he was intimidating because it was one threat that couldn't be stopped. Nothing could stop it. And as these films are going on, I'm becoming a little less and less intimidated by these monsters. I think I need to adjust my expectations a bit. I still did like some of the human elements here in this film though. Um, What about you, Alex? Did you buy the monsters um, intimidation factor? And what about the human elements? Did you enjoy those?
0: I'm kind of with you. I don't really buy the intimidation factor anymore. Um, I think in combination with, Godzilla or with King Kong Versus Godzilla and Son of Godzilla we've kind of been Going down this path for a pretty long Time now yeah that's true that we're No longer going to be intimidated by these monsters uh, I don't think we're Going to get that back for a while Until maybe the next series of movies uh, I hope we Do I do miss a terrifying Godzilla mm-hmm. but, You know we'll see but as for the humans I I really like what we had In here all the human stuff was pretty interesting to me. I mean, we don't get a lot in terms of development. No characters really have much of an arc that I see. Especially when you compare it to someone like Glenn from Invasion of the Astro Monster. Mm-hmm. You know, my boy Glenn. He, he's he's <laughs> my hallmark for character development. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but I do like the crew of the SY-3 in general. And the SY-3 is that beautiful awesome looking futuristic ship yeah, that really takes center stage along with the monsters in this film. It's it's really cool. And it's probably like the closest thing we'll get to something that feels like a, like a Power Rangers Zord. Yeah. It just has like five <laughs> people inside and they're okay. all just guiding the ship. It, it's just really, I don't know. It, it's just really cool.
1: And that was a highlight for me too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's something about it. There's just like this really cool charm about it. Even, like, when they're descending in front of Godzilla and they realize, like, oh, no, we need to run. <laughs> you know, they turn on those extra boosters. And it's a really cool effect when that little that jet opens up and the flame just slowly gets bigger and bigger mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah, It's just really well done. Like, it's yeah. pretty impressive, especially compared to a lot of the effects we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. I could just watch them, like, have their own whole adventure the whole time. But... The Kelax are also kind of interesting. They're a little less interesting now that we've already seen the Zillions mm-hmm. and all of their stuff, but their tech is different enough to differentiate them from the Zillions. I specifically like that they can control people as well as monsters. So, you know, they're a little more formidable than the Zillions were, and I do think that, like, the film is a bit darker than we've seen. Mm-hmm. We see that in a lot of the human interactions of this film. I mean, the initial shootout with the SY3 crew in the basement or in the bunker on Monsterland. Yeah. I mean, there's gut shots with blood, there's a headshot with blood. And yeah, <laughs> we, we laugh at it with today's effects, but you know, that is kind of brutal to have in something that was really leaning towards kids' stuff. But. Mm. You also have that hilarious and dark suicide of Dr. Otani while he's under kill act control. Yeah. And, but there's some really cool moments too. in the, like a big movie like this. And one of my favorite moments is when they're storming that moon base with on the SY three and they storm it with their masers that they use to, <laughs> to break <laughs> apart their, their base, which I thought was really cool. I mean, I will say that without Akira Ifukube's score coming back, I don't know if this would have been as exciting. But he, once again, he really makes this movie interesting.
1: Yeah, I definitely thought the score was a highlight. That recurring theme coming back uh, definitely kind of brought some continuity to the series. I thought, but you kind of hit on my next point, and that's you know this darker tone that we're getting here. You mentioned like the human violence, the shootout a guy getting shot in the head. What about that microchip getting surgically removed from a neck? And oh, then the yeah. other part, when which is amazing, when Katsuo, he literally rips the two, um, you know, microchips from Kyoko's neck. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Ooh, my, my favorite part is,
0: so he rips one out, out, out of her ear, right? It's yeah. her earring. So he rips it out of her ear. And then when she's already down for the count, He doesn't bother taking it carefully out of her ear. He goes in and rips that one out, too. (laughs) You know, I know.
1: (laughs) I know. Uh, But not only is it the humans, in in my opinion, that are extra violent here, but also the monster battles are extra violent. Um, Now, I don't feel too much sympathy for Ghidorah. Don't get me wrong. But (laughs) he's teamed up against here and really he kind of gets the crap beat out of him. Uh, you know, I do love me some angerous, but, you know, he has that shot where he grabs on to one of Ghidorah's necks and we get that blood coming from the neck and then the monsters just start trampling Ghidorah and he's left there. And you watch, like, it's it, the camera doesn't move away. We watch Ghidorah, the life draining out of his eyes like a dying snake as he falls limp to his death. I was like, "Wow, that is dark. Who is the intended audience here? Like, this is not quite a kid film."
0: Yeah, I mean, it is dark, and there's an element of that final battle that I really liked, where they hint to what Ghidorah does in every movie, and that's fly away. He tries to run away, but Godzilla grabs onto his legs, and is like, "Not this time, bro. Not this time." Mm-hmm. And then they he proceeds to get that beating, that just brutal
1: beating. I'm not sure if I, I was like. <laughs> I just felt bad for him, kind of. <laughs> like, and, and I, I did in one in one sense. You're like, he doesn't quite deserve this. Like, he's kind of brought here um, by the killax, right? To Earth, yeah. it's not his fault that he happens to be in the middle of this battle, and then he's just utterly oh. destroyed.
0: Yeah, I mean, and once again, Ghidorah is under someone else's control. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, this is the what the second or third time he's been under someone else's control and gotten his butt whooped. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I, you kind of got to feel bad for him. I mean, we know he's evil from his first appearance where he just tried to decimate the planet, but really I, I, I felt bad for him. Like this really, it makes you question who the audience is for this film, right? Cause mm-hmm. it feels like we've been leaning towards children more and more and then this movie is the big finale. I mean, this was the end of the series, or at least it was going to be, because Godzilla had faded so much in popularity that Toho was just going to end this franchise. And so they brought Honda back for the big finale, and immediately it feels more like one of his movies. I mean, not, none of his movies really felt like children movies to me. Yeah, uh, I never really felt that way. At least, what about you?
1: No, I, I, I think they, his films in particular, they, they've always tried to get at something a little bit deeper. Um, I, I will say though, from the first one, I was looking at my list today. From from the first film that Honda directed on Gojira, there's been a trajectory that has been increasingly uh, less, or more and more dark in a sense, but also Less and less serious, which I think is kind of weird. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Kind of interesting.
0: It is interesting. I mean, obviously, the original is probably as dark as it's going to get. Yeah, I mean, it is doom and gloom. It's sad, it's sad the whole time, pretty much.
1: It is. It is dark, but there there's elements of of hope within the film that ultimately might make it slightly optimistic i don't know (laughs) uh it's it's complex there's it's more it's multi-layered right whereas to me some of these recent films have been less layered uh more superficial so the darkness doesn't carry much weight for me does that make sense
0: no it does make sense i mean we've definitely seen that when honda left the franchise for the last two movies we've noticed a Big tonal shift. And then, I mean, again, we do get another tonal shift in the final minutes of this movie. Yeah, we get a little violence at the beginning, but in this one, it's like you were saying, Ghidorah's throat's bleeding, Godzilla's stomping on his neck, and there's actually blood spurting out of his neck, or mouth, every time he stomps on his neck. Yeah. And it's like you were saying, it's hard, it's kind of almost hard to watch, and I felt sorry for Ghidorah. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe that was Honda's intention was for us to, you know, we're all, the whole movie, we're rooting for them to destroy the Kelax, And, you know, Ghidorah is this much maligned villain. Yeah. And to finally see him meet his end, it's like, oh, maybe this isn't what I wanted. Like, he goes out in a way that's like, he didn't deserve.
1: Mm. Yeah, He really didn't. No, I mean, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, and uh, it honestly made me fear Godzilla a little bit because, I mean, he, he just brutally murdered his arch nemesis yeah. Yeah. very slowly. And then that scene is punctuated by this odd scene of Manila standing on Ghidorah's corpse, acting like he was the one to defeat the monster, which I actually did find quite funny. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. Manila in this movie <laughs> is much more tolerable than he was yeah.
1: previously. I mean, he hardly does anything. <laughs> he stands around for most of the exactly. battle, and then he shoots that little, like, uh circle flame <laughs> the ring. yeah the ring
0: <laughs> hey and and this is the big payoff from the last movie where we realized that godzilla's parenting didn't really work Man. for manila you know what? still blowing those rings
1: you're right alex we need to go back and redo that complete episode 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent.
0: but yeah i mean this this is definitely more of a pg-13 than a pg that we've kind of been accustomed to lately
1: yeah i mean i i, I agree with you um Something else I just find interesting the idea of Godzilla in general and, and the way that the humans view Godzilla. What was once a horror has now kind of become a gift for the humans. To me, it's just this interesting thought and this interesting question. What transforms tragedies into something that is now life giving? I don't think the film provides an answer, I and mean, I don't think there's an easy answer here. I think it's just pretty interesting. Um, in general, One of the things I didn't like in this film were the humans. Um, Humanity as a whole, again, I'm not a big fan. And my problem here is I don't think Honda was intentionally trying to make a point with how the humans were acting in this film. I don't think the film thinks too much about it. Um, But towards the end of the film, the humans actually find a way to control the monsters. And so we get this other situation where the killax are controlling Ghidorah, the humans are controlling the monsters, and it feels like nobody's in control. Now, I'm not trying to sound too PETA here, but I do question the ethics of blatantly using uh, living and conscious creatures without their consent in these violent acts. But I might be taking this too far. Do you think I'm taking it too far, Alex?
0: I don't really. Uh, And I think, I don't think you sound like PETA at all. Now, I will say that Equating their actions isn't quite the same Just in a In terms of their battle So The Keelaks are, su- are Controlling the monsters to subjugate a planet And the humans are doing it Because they just want to be left alone And I think once again We're getting another story about colonialism Which is not much different than what we saw In Invasion of the Astro Monster And And I think the film starts off at this interesting point, right? And it just kind of goes back to your Pete, I think. I think the film starts off at this interesting point, right? And it actually ends on this note. It's kind of sad. We see what's happened to all these monsters. And all these monsters, these weapons of mass destruction that can wipe out a city on a whim, are now confined to this island. Mm-hmm. And we don't really realize that it's a prison we don't really quite realize it's a prison until we see Mothra approach the edges and get that spray to his face, you know? And we just, it kind of sets in a realization like Mothra of all of these monsters, especially that means she's been taken away from infant Island. That means she's been confined and is forcibly living on that Island. Yeah. So right there, they're in prison. Just, just, They can't get off. They're in prison. And it's kind of sad. It's alarming to see them that way because we see it's sad. And then at the end of the film, we get it all over again. There they all are after deciding to save the world. Because remember, the humans mind control device did break. And then Mm -hmm. they were surprised to see the monsters still take their side. Yeah. Because they knew who their true enemy was, according to them. Right. And so they do the right thing, and then they get thrown back in prison for it. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's just kind of sad. I mean, it really is. It's clear that both parties are using them for their own purposes. No, I I don't know, man. It 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 does lend out this weird, sad note. And like, a, it was initially going to be a goodbye. Like, this was a goodbye to all these monsters. Mm -hmm. But it is a sad note of like. Man, all these fearsome monsters that we were all intimidated by, we're no longer scared of, just like the characters in this movie. Yeah. And you know, maybe, maybe that is what Honda's saying. It's like maybe he is saying that this series has worn out its welcome. Maybe. No one's intimidated by these things, and they're being used as weapons now.
1: Yeah. Nothing more. No, I like that. I like that point a lot. Um I didn't quite pick up on that as much. So I just I don't know how intentional that might be, but I think that's a a good reading of it. Um and I think it does kind of tell us where the series is currently um, at this point. One other interesting thing, uh an interesting aspect of this film I found was both the techno optimism and the techno pessimism it presents. So on the one hand, the film is optimistic about the possibilities of technology on the future. I mean think about it. We have moon bases we have the SY-3. Uh, we have these very futuristic and, and amazing weapons. Um, but on the other hand, the whole premise of the Killax is that they want to use technology to take over the world. The Queen announces herself when she says, I am not your enemy. With your help, we wish to forge a new technology-based civilization on Earth. Before our new, new civilization comes to pass, sacrifices must be made, right? She threatens them mm-hmm. with technology. Once again, the monsters aren't the existential threat here. It's an alien species and its technologies. Um, what Destroy All Monsters does not predict is the rise of personal forms of technology as a way of communication. We get moon bases, but we don't get cell phones, right? <laughs> so in this sense, maybe the, yeah. the kill actually did take over personally. And instead of little implants planted in our necks, they just gave us our cellular devices, Alex.
0: Ooh very possible it's very possible of course i will say was disappointed that the killax ships looked exactly like the gazillion
1: ships (laughs) yeah they look like little rainbow mushrooms is kind of what i think of them as
0: yeah little ufos but (laughs) oh well you know i did want to mention to you Mm eric so we get that awesome, awesome final battle it's brutal we have mixed emotions after the after it wraps up and then the fire demon shows up. Yeah,
1: that was interesting. I had no idea what that I, was about.
0: I liked aspects of it, right? Uh this interesting monster I couldn't remember for the life of me is if this was the reveal of Gigan mm. and he is he's a monster in a future movie. And it's not. It turns out it's just a the last ditch effort of a Keelak ship. Hmm. And I did I did like the sy3s handling of it is that they just kind of shook them off which is kind of mm. lame i guess too but what did you think over overall about the fire the fire demon
1: i i honestly didn't know what was going on at, the, yeah. <laughs> at that mean, point The did, film didn't make it, it clear it did and it was like is this just something else that we have here um i didn't see the point
0: yeah i agree i mean it, it does feel tacked on yeah. uh Sir, I guess it wasn't a worthy foe for the Sy Three. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. You know what, though? We can always ask Theo in the Theometer, Theometer,ometer,ometer,ometer,ometer. Welcome back to the theometer this week. Sorry, last week, week we missed a theometer. Yeah, we missed the theometer last week, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we just. Not all of us were in the best of, of moods, and so we missed a week. But are you ready for this week, Theo? Yeah. All right. Here's our clip. Tell us what happens. Here we go. Okay. Whoa, jeez. Like, oh, jeez. What's happening? Godzilla is right? Yeah. What's Godzilla? he doing? He's stomping on his stupid little face. He's stomping on his stupid little face? Yeah. Who? That's Ghidorah. Do you know Ghidorah? Whoa. Yeah, that's Manila. Right, that's who we missed last week, Son of Godzilla. What do you think about Manila? That's, that's like. strange. Oh! Strange. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, my. Oh. He is really stomping on that guy's yeah. neck, isn't he? Oh, oh man. Blood. There's blood out there. Oh, now. yeah, that's. Oh, man. Jeez! Oh, there's Manila. Oh, jeez. Thanks, Manila. He just shot the fire ring right through Ghidorah's neck. Oh. Thanks, cool. Manila. On Thanks. a scale on a scale of one to ten, how scary oh, is poo. oh poo? Yeah, that's a big spider. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how scary is Manila?
0: I'm not sure.
1: Not sure. Very scary or little scary on your scale? How scary? Since
0: he's male,
1: rocks have a rock stream It's scary. I would just say um X X. I'm not sure what the rest of that was, but Manila is scary X. Got it. Uh huh. You know what this has been. This has been another Theometer. Theo is a worthy foe of the SY3. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Alec. Hey, so who's your your coolest character? Who's your coolest character award go to?
0: So it's got to be Katsuo. Katsuo is probably the only real character in the movie, right? (laughs) I mean, he's one of the few to actually be present and we know his name. Yeah, That's kind of how throwaway a lot of these people were. And I like his gung-ho nature through the entire film. He gets an order or something like that, and he's ready to go. Mm. And he's definitely befitting to be the captain of the legendary SY-3. Yeah. <laughs> he, he also has the best line of the entire film, which, I'll, which we'll go into later. But I like that he's not afraid of anything. And he's really smart. And we see that when the monsters are still under the control of the Kelax, and Rodan is in pursuit of their ship his crew members want to fight Rodan and we don't know, but he it's possible that they could win, but he knows that right now it's better to flee than to fight. And so he goes into space knowing that Rodan can't follow. I mean, that's, I think that's just one instance of him really showing that he's not all brawn, but he's brains as well, which is pretty cool. And we haven't really seen that much in lead characters for this series. (laughs) But what, who's your favorite character?
1: Well, yeah, I, def, I definitely love Katsuo, and I, we'll talk about him more here in just a second. But you've went with a monster before. Now it's my turn. I'm going to go with Ingress. Uh He's the real MVP of that monster battle. He does more than any of the other monsters by far. He's not afraid to play dirty. He continues to get up even when he's down for the count. You know, we've seen Godzilla's boxing moves before, but Angris, <laughs> he's Rocky Balboa's spirit monster.
0: Yes, yes, he is. And th- I, I, as a kid, I never saw this movie. I saw him in future movies, mm. and he is always, he's always has that Rocky Balboa spirit that <laughs> you're talking about. That's and that's, that's one reason he's always that's been funny. someone I've liked.
1: Yeah. yeah, man, he was down to the count. I was like, oh man, he's he's done for, and then he crawls away.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought he was dead too. I was like, God, they killed him again for the second time.
1: <laughs> you can't get rid of Ingris. <laughs> I know,
0: I was like, at this point, is he going to be Kenny? Like, where he just dies yeah. every time he shows up <laughs> in a movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, But hey, so what's this memorable line that I think we both agree on? Like, I, I tried to find a different one than you, Eric. I tried. But this is the best line in maybe all of Godzilla.
1: <laughs> it is pretty awesome. I mean, I can say the line. You might have to do one of your famous acting outs of the line. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Katsuo, right? Whenever he says we'll either be heroes or in body bags within the hour. That was pretty epic.
0: Dude, it's so epic. And it's like he's confident. He's like, Yeah, we're 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 either saving everybody or we're dead. And it's just it's his confidence in the scene. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can kind of feel the people around him. Like they, they stay pretty steady, but you can kind of feel all of them be like, oh my God, I don't know if I agree with this
1: yeah. guy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know, I know.
0: Well, but he, he's de- he, it's definitely a line befitting of a leader. Absolutely. For sure.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that leads to my can't believe the acting award. I'm going with a positive this week, Alex. And it's Akira Kubo, who plays Katsuo. Um, He's a movie star, man. Last week in Son of Godzilla, he played the lovable Maki Goro. But here, right. he plays an action hero. He really does increase the intensity of a scene. He turns it all the way up to an 11, if you know what I'm saying. So, I do appreciate that about him.
0: Yeah, he does. I mean, he's the, he's every scene he's in, he's like the only thing you're really watching. Yeah. For sure. But I think the best acting in the entire film was, it actually had to do with your man Ketsuo. <laughs> And it was during his raid on the Monsterland base and that guy that got shot the the former worker of of Monsterland getting shot square between the his eyes. reaction his reaction is like his eyes kind of cross and then he looks over and right. he just makes this weird sound and falls over yeah. it's phenomenal it's like,
1: <laughs> I really I really <laughs> should not be laughing about a guy getting shot in the head I, I really shouldn't. But <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> that, that reaction is ridiculous. It really is.
0: I just like that every time aliens are involved in a Godzilla movie, that we get a hilarious death scene, kind of like the Zillions where the guy flicked his tongue. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: no, that was a great scene.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I just like this consistency of aliens dying in weird ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but next up, I guess that brings us to a- oh. Oh look at that! We're almost synced up. We're like the fairies. Yeah. We're like the
1: uh, <laughs> the twins. The Mothra twins, yeah. Uh, the standout effect award, Alex. Um, so I'm going to go with you. You mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to go with um, Barragon. I thought it was Gorosaurus coming out of the ground, but they said Baragon. Um, but you know, it reminded me slightly of that Godzilla reveal in Mothra versus Godzilla, which is one of my favorite effects where he comes out of the sands. Yeah. Here, I I love this entire sequence where we see a couple different monsters invading different lands, but this one was my favorite. You know, um, the Gorosaurus, he's coming out of the ground in Paris. Um, It also reminds me a little bit, and maybe this is why I loved it so much. It reminded me of the Jurassic Park raptor egg scene from the very first Jurassic Park where the raptor's poking his head out of the egg. I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly (laughs) the same thing. <laughs> and you know yeah, there was there yeah, were multiple I could see it. there were multiple Jurassic Park vibes in this film too, you know, like when all of a sudden they have like a system shutdown on Monsterland, I'm like, oh man, this mm-hmm. is a Jurassic Park scenario all over again, you know, like yeah,
0: <laughs> it really was or so, like when uh or like when uh the sy3 is flying and rodan's behind him and they look in their mirror and like oh, yeah. objects <laughs> that are closer than they appear. And
1: it's (laughs) Steven Spielberg must have seen destroy (laughs) all monsters. That's all I have to say.
0: So you, you mentioned the Baragon Gorosaurus thing. You're right. It is Gorosaurus Mm -hmm. coming up. It's not Baragon. They just lost the suit and they couldn't film and they left it there and they left Baragon's abilities (laughs) and they gave it to Gorosaurus. It it makes no sense. Maybe another example of quantity over quality, but (laughs) My standout effect, and I didn't mention this earlier because I wanted to talk about it here. My my favorite scene in the film is when Manda, Rodan, Godzilla, and Mothra attack Tokyo. There's a part where Akira Ifukube's music is like pumping, and Godzilla is charging down the street while Tokyo is firing all their weapons at him. And the camera just keeps panning between Godzilla and Manda charging down this street, and then <laughs> <laughs> Mothra just crashes through a building for some reason and shoots shoots Webby and then goes back <laughs> in. It, it, that part's bizarre, <laughs> but I just like that. It. And it's not one shot, but they try to make it look like one shot. And it's just really cool with Fukube's music pumping. It's just this cool scene where Godzilla is really showing himself to be this unstoppable force as just this biggest barrage of weapons being fired at him that we've seen yet. And he's still charging. It's just... It's a really cool part. I just really liked it.
1: That was cool. Yeah, the Manda, you, I think is how you pronounce it. Whenever Manda curls around the like oh, yeah. freeway and then snaps it, you know, that part was really cool. I was like, that's a cool little <laughs> effect. I like that.
0: Yeah. I, I I wish we had gotten to see Manda a little bit more because I don't know him from anything but yeah. his appearance in this movie and then a future Godzilla movie. I wish we could see him. No, I agree. Really
1: well. you, he was one of the coolest, like... To me, he was the coolest newcomer just because he was yeah. pretty different. I mean, it made, it did
0: make me want to watch the movie that he's in, though.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I think, I think we should definitely visit those once we're through the Godzilla films, kind of go back and look at those for other sure. Toho films, for sure. For but sure. hey,
0: that means we're getting to our rating and rankings. And, you know... Listeners, we, me and Eric We write some notes and bullet points About what we're going to talk about But me and Eric both left our rating and rankings blank Which tells me that Eric either gave the, gave this score Probably a lot lower than he wanted
1: to tell me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wanted you to go first
0: <laughs> Yeah, I had a feeling I had a feeling Because I, I think I'm a lot higher on this movie than you are uh, Yeah, go I ahead know-
1: Tell me how great it is, Alex <laughs>
0: No, but I think Destroy All Monsters uh, serving as a climax like it, it was supposed to be, the big finale, It lets knowing that makes lets me forgive the problems that it does have. Uh, especially re- regarding monsters just appearing in the background of scenes and then disappearing for the rest of the film. I can understand what they're doing, but if I'm watching this as somebody who hasn't read up on it, Mm -hmm. it loses marks for sure. There's just too many things that don't make sense. There's also some significant plot holes that we see with with the human story. And I I feel like I can explain them away. But so the the key Lee live and these temperatures that are a thousand degrees or whatever it is, (laughs) really high temperatures. Right. But then they control people that just walk around normal humans that are able to survive in that. And they survive the toxic fumes that are going into the room when they're in that Monster Land battle in the bottom with the SY3 team. I explain that as the the chip in them provides shielding, so that they can live. I don't know. Mm. I really don't know. That that's the only thing <laughs> I can think. But there's weird plot holes all over this movie, kind of like that. The fun of seeing Godzilla finally back with miniatures. In that scene with Tokyo Mm -hmm. was really fun. And it really made me miss some of the earlier movies where we saw more miniatures. The problem is it's a brief moment. It's a brief moment. And the human stuff and the SY three stuff is all really fun, but it's not enough to elevate this past things. Like even invasion of the Astro monster to me, was probably better. Mm. So I'm going to, I might surprise you a little bit but I want to give this movie a 3.5 okay. because right. I had a lot of fun with the monsters seeing Angorus fight and just getting that fulfillment of my, one of my favorite monsters that no one else seems to like <laughs> <laughs> But to, getting to see him have his time to shine. And like, I want to know what other people think after this episode, I want to know how angorus is now better than Godzilla, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, everybody. But I gotta give it a 3.5. It's got a good, uh, an entertaining human story. The monster action is fun. It's also, like, weirdly dark and brutal. But it's missing elements of, like, of King Kong versus Godzilla, where we get that depth of the story and the comedy. And it's missing the darkness of Godzilla. And, you know, I'm not a big Godzilla versus Mothra fan, but that movie did have more to say than this one did. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a 3.5 for me. What about you?
1: Uh, I think our ranking isn't that far off. It's just that you rank everything or you rate everything a little bit higher than I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's the thing. I I don't find this film to be very original to me. This is kind of like uh, a ripoff almost of invasion of Astro monster. I think Invasion of Astro Monster was better. Um, here, I do like that scene uh, that you that you mentioned of Tokyo and the monsters destroying Tokyo. But honestly, that scene is so short compared to a bunch of the human scenes that include humans that I really could care less about, right? There wasn't any character building in this film. Um, yeah, Katsuo is cool, but he was cool from the beginning of the film all the way to the end of the film, uh, and nobody else, I can't hardly remember any other character, except for the guy that killed, tried to kill himself. Uh, <laughs> and, and the puppet, or like the dummy that they threw out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Which is
0: so funny. It's just such like, it's this really dark scene, punctuated. blood that's yeah, clear of so falling
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, with that said, it doesn't have the elements that I've really come to enjoy in some of my favorite films of this series so far. So I gave this film two and a half out of five stars and I put it seventh on my list of the nine that we have. It falls just after Godzilla raids again and just before Ghidorah. So that's, that's where I'm at with this one mixed feelings about it. Um, Yeah, there were some elements I still enjoyed it. I like seeing all the monsters together Uh, But there wasn't as much meaning here, as much depth for me overall.
0: Yeah, I think this is maybe the biggest differential in rating that we've ever given it. But I think from here on out, I think we're going to be sticking pretty similar. I'll be interested to see, Eric, where at the end of the Showa era, era, at the end of the Showa era, how different our lists really are. Yeah. Because... It's already, like, I could see us splintering, like, the last several episodes a little bit. Like, we were strongly in sync for Son of Godzilla, which is Mm -hmm. bizarre. (laughs) But I'd be really interested to see where we are. And I wonder, well, maybe we should ask our listeners, but I wonder if at the end of the Showa era, we should do a recap. Yeah. And see, kind of just talk about the things we really liked about it where the era really faltered and maybe if there's a redemption at the end of it.
1: Yeah. Maybe like a, a best of awards for the show era.
0: Yeah. We, we show era
1: Oscars. (laughs) There you go. All right, Alex, what are we, what are we watching next week?
0: All right. So next week we're going to watch all monsters attack, which so many of you might know it by its other name, Godzilla's revenge. And next week we're going to be asking, can a little boy, be friends with Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. The, sounds good. The
0: answer might surprise you.
1: <laughs> it sounds strangely weird, Alex, but we're going to go with it. Yeah this, yeah. this one's on Criterion as well?
0: Yeah. I believe I think this. So. I think there's only a couple left on Criterion. Uh, I believe All Monsters Attack is on Criterion channel and then. And it's available to rent like everywhere else as well. But yeah, so join us next
1: week. And as always, you can uh, find us on social media at MVM underscore pod on Twitter uh, at Al Cornette and at Mr. Eric Neely on Letterboxd. And you can email us at MVMPod at Um, (laughs) gmail.com.
0: Eric, until... I'm just waiting for you. (laughs) Okay, until next week. Try, try
1: to stay, to stay alive. alive. <laughs> what do you think about Manila? That's, That's like strange. Right. That's right. Since his
0: mail rocks to rock stream and scary, I would just say, um. X.
1: X. I'm not sure what the rest of that was,